Hey, hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, world. My name is Reverend Adrian L. Robinson II, a.k.a. Rev. Rob, a.k.a. Pastor Rob, a.k.a. Miss Cookie and Mr. Adrian's son. And this is Deeper in the Word, where we give you the real about Scripture with people who actually know and understand it, so that you can get a better grasp of what certain things in the Bible mean, how they relate to your life and experience, and how you can apply something written so long ago to what you are going through right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another fun-filled, fantabulous week here at Deeper in the Word. We're so glad that you could join us. Shout out to everybody all around the world that listens to this show on a consistent basis. It always blows my mind how people would want to tune in to just hear from little old me speak about the Word of God, but we greatly appreciate you. Also, I want to shout out everybody that sent me cards and text messages and direct messages and phone calls for my birthday this past week. Yes, my friends, I'm an old man. Not really. I turned 53, but that's old to some people. But you know, 50 is the new 40. 40 is the new 30. So technically, I'm still in my 30s. Amen. (laughs) But we appreciate it. I appreciate you guys for reaching out. It's uh, wonderful to feel all the love from all over the world. But today, y'all, today we got a good show. It's almost about that same topic. You know, people reached out to me. It was as encouragement on my birthday. It's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, y'all, because today's episode, my friends, is entitled, You're the Inspiration. You're the Inspiration. That's right, I sang it. You're the Inspiration. You know, as many of you may or may not know, My first love prior to being called by the Lord to ministry has always been and will always be singing. Oh, I love to sing, y'all. I was a praise and worship leader for almost half a decade in New Jersey at my former church before uh, my family and I moved down here to Georgia. You know, I actually sang professionally in a couple of bands here in Georgia dating back to 2016. Did a few gigs around this region, including one. I got to tell you about this one gig, okay? We did a gig one time, a show, at a high school for gifted children in Nashville, Tennessee. It was one of my first shows with this particular band. And we did like a two-hour set, 25 songs. Listen, if you've ever had to memorize 25 songs in a particular order and all the words for the songs, because I was the lead singer, it's a pretty challenging task. But when you love to sing, it's not as challenging. It's something that you just embrace because you enjoy doing it. And at this school, y'all, it was a high school, like I said. And it was their prom, I believe it was. And the amazing thing is that these kids, high school kids, were given the choice of what type of music they wanted to hear. And they could have picked anything. They could have picked rap. They could have picked anything relative to their age group at the time. And the amazing thing is that the band I performed with did R&B cover songs, particularly 80s, 70s, and 80s R&B cover songs. And we're the band that they chose to perform. So shout out to those kids. It's so sad because I don't even remember the name of the school. I mean, I probably couldn't tell you anyway on the air, but I don't honestly remember the name of the school. It was amazing, though, how these kids reach out to a 70s and 80s R&B cover band to be their entertainment and not a rapper or somebody like that. 
amazing. So we did the show. It was a rousing success. And one of the most memorable parts of the show was if y'all all familiar with that song by Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. This is how we do it. We performed that song and there's a rap part in that song. And I forgot the words to the rap, y'all. <laughs> no lie, I completely forgot the words to the rap. But being the professional that I am, I actually turned the mic on the crowd and I let them rap the lyrics. So kind of, you know, made up for itself. But yeah, I love singing, man. That's one of my favorite memories and recent memory of singing. Of course, I have wonderful memories of leading praise and worship and being in workshops and whatnot in New Jersey uh, when I sang. But once I got to Georgia, the Lord had a different calling for me. In fact, he actually said to me, because you know, God speaks in that small, still voice. He said, you're gonna have to make a choice. Either you're gonna sing, which is what you wanna do, or you're gonna be called to ministry, which is what I want you to do. Make the choice. And as y'all can see, I made the choice that the Lord wanted me to make. I'm walking the path that the Lord made, to quote Big Daddy Kane. Now, as a singer, you often get inspired by other singers, by vocalists whose talent or skill set leaves an impact on you personally. Because not everybody is inspired by the same type of singer or the same type of music. Some get inspired by country singers, others by jazz singers, some by blues singers, yada, yada, yada. Me? I was, of course, always inspired by certain R&B singers. Some of my favorites are like Al Green. And again, one of my greatest memories was singing Let's Stay Together with that professional band at that prom. It was awesome. So like Al Green or the late great Luther Vandross. I also used to sing in a Luther Vandross cover band here in Georgia. And of course, the late great Felipe Lopez, who unbeknownst to many of you, was the former lead singer of the very popular and famous group known as The Spinners. You know, one of a kind, love the fairies, or rubber band man, you know, The Spinners. Those guys were my inspirations. Because remember, there's a huge difference between an artist being an inspiration and an artist being your favorite artist. Those are two different things. I mean, Michael Jackson, to me, is the greatest of all time, greatest entertainer. He's my favorite singer. Oh, for, for, for goodness sakes, Earth, Wind & Fire is my absolute number one favorite band, group, and artists of all time. I love me some Earth, Wind & Fire. But neither them nor Michael Jackson inspired me to want to start singing. Y'all dig what I'm saying? But what you might not know by looking at me is that my biggest inspirations as a singer all come from the genre of music known as soft rock, or as it's more affectionately known, yacht rock. And they have a whole channel dedicated to this or the Sirius XM app. It's my favorite channel to listen to. I listen to it every day. I mean, groups like Steely Dan, the Doobie Brothers, Fleetwood Mac, artists like Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins, on and on and on. And again, I truly encourage y'all to check out Yacht Rock on Sirius XM or on any music platform. If you put in Yacht Rock in a search, it'll pull up these type of songs. This is the music I grew up on. Because I grew up in the Midwest where, quite honestly, we didn't have a black radio station. So I listened to a lot of Pop Top 40 growing up. And these were the songs of my youth. And so these are the songs that inspired me to want to sing. Because these are the songs I sang along with 
on the radio. And another one of my favorite soft rock groups is the group Chicago. And they have a song called, you guessed it, You're the Inspiration. That's the song I was singing to start the show. You're the Inspiration. Now that's a song about someone celebrating how they have finally found the person who inspires them to love, who inspires them to want to be the right type of person in a romantic relationship. So here we are eight and a half minutes into the show. And I know many of y'all are like, dude, is this a music discussion show? Or are we going to talk about the Lord at some point, Rev Rob? <laughs> well, we're getting to that, y'all. But the point I'm trying to make is that there is a song, You're the Inspiration, that serves as a reference point for what it means to inspire someone, okay? So what exactly does it mean to inspire someone? By dictionary definition, inspiration is the action or power of moving the intellect or emotions of another. Now, telling somebody that you're the inspiration means that they have incited or motivated you to do something. Just like in that Chicago song, he was telling the love of his life that they've inspired or incited or motivate them to want to love them in a romantic relationship. So in our context, it's like I said, those artists I previously named, they were all inspirations to me because they incited and motivated me to want to sing. And you'll have your own motivations in your life, whether it's basketball, maybe Michael Jordan or LeBron James or Stephon Curry or whoever inspired you to want to play. Or if you're painting, maybe Bob Ross inspired you to want to paint. If you're a cooker, maybe Emerald Legacy inspired you to want to cook. A chef, I should say. We all have our inspirations. We all have people who inspire us to and motivate us to want to be better or to want to do something. Well, my friends, there is one surefire, fail-safe, foolproof, guaranteed way to inspire people or to inspire someone. It works anytime, any place, and on practically any body. And the way to do it is by offering encouragement. Ah, see, we finally got to the today's topic, right? Now see, if there's something that I need, that you need, that we all need, it's encouragement. Why? Because human nature is so quick to tear down rather than to build up. For every word of encouragement that we hear, we probably hear 10 words of dis uh, discouragement. Amen? You know, church pastors often encounter many different types of people in the church throughout their lives in ministry. And oftentimes, the only time that some of those people even speak to the pastor about anything of importance is to criticize the way that the church is doing something or going about handling the business of something. These type of folks almost never have a good word to say about anything. And they just about never offer a word of encouragement to or about others. Only criticism. That's all they got. Far too often, we're guilty of taking the time to discourage people, but never taking the time to encourage people. The truth of the matter is, we all have our detractors. Or as the young people like to say, we all got haters. We all have our discouragers. 
And there are times that we could all use a word of encouragement. We all get discouraged and we all need encouragement. And I can't think of any place that we need it more than in our homes and in our churches. Friends, don't ever underestimate the importance of the mutual support that we gain from one another when we both give and receive encouragement. So that's what today's show is going to be about, my friends, and not about singing or my list of most inspirational singers. It's not about that. We're going to be studying the biblical life of a man who made the Encouragers Hall of Fame. A man who was more than likely not considered to be everyone's best friend. More likely than not, I should say. He was probably everybody's best friend, y'all. And we read about this man in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 34 to 37, which I'm going to read from the New Living Translation version of the Bible. By the way, that man's name was Barnabas. So let's read about him. Acts chapter 4, verses 34 to 37. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Y'all, Barnabas might have been the most popular Christian in the early church. By studying his life, we can learn how to be an encourager. So for this episode, let's take note of the steps that we can take to be Barnabases in our lives so that someone says to us, hey, you're the inspiration. And that's exactly what we're going to do coming up in our next segment. So stay tuned and join us for this discussion after we return from the break, y'all. Hey, friends, check out the best faith-based radio station in the world, BMC Radio, where we're reaching the unreachable. BMC Radio promotes a wide variety of gospel, dance mix, and old school music to go along with a healthy mix of faith-based messages and talk shows geared towards strengthening your daily walk with Christ. We are committed to providing our growing global audience with well-rounded programming that promotes the gospel while also invoking fresh new approaches to what 21st century evangelism is truly about. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk to listen live every day, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And you can have your own show and advertise your business on BMC Radio for absolutely free, free, free. And as I always like to say, who doesn't love something that costs free 99 Again, simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk and click on the menu for more information, including access to our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as BFTV and our 24-hour-a-day, 7-days-a-week music video channel known as BMC Radio Music Television. We invite you to join us every day at BMC Radio where we're reaching the unreachable. Move over, MTV. 
because BMC Radio Music Television is here. BMC Radio Music TV is our new 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week video music channel available on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international streaming television network. BMC Radio Music TV plays videos from artists from just about every area of music, from gospel and jazz to contemporary pop and beyond. The channel also broadcasts full-length concert films, artist interviews, and much, much more. You can access BMC Radio Music TV the same way you access our streaming TV channel, BFTV, by going to the BMC Radio website at www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV and you will see both channels available for your viewing pleasure. And if you're an artist or musician who wants to feature your music to an international audience, BMC Radio Music TV will put you on the channel for absolutely free. Log on today and learn more about how you can be featured on the best video music channel around. Again, that's www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to access BMC Radio Music TV today. Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word, deeper and deeper. As a reminder, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts, in the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, and on Amazon Music, as well as on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget to email us at info at benevolentfaithministries.org to send us your questions and comments for the show. How are we going to know what y'all want to talk about if y'all don't let us know what y'all want to hear us talk about? Amen? Also, Y'all, we got some amazing guests coming up in the next several weeks. So stay tuned to tune in to Deeper in the Word because you will not believe some of the shows and show topics that we got coming up over the next few weeks. Amen? And remember, we want you to join us every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church and create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service. Also, y'all make sure y'all go check out the previously aforementioned BMC Radio. You need to be listening to BMC Radio anyway, right now. They're based out of Wales in the UK, and they play a wide variety of things, gospel, dance mix, old school music, as well as talk shows that are have faith-based messages and sermons and all types of things geared towards strengthening your daily walk with the Lord. All you got to do is go to www.bmcradio.org.uk. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk and click on the menu for more information. You'll be able to see the daily schedule. Every day, the new schedule comes up of what's going to come on that day. Just go to that website and it'll show you that. Also, if you love BMC Radio, you'll love BMC Radio Music Television. 
BMC Radio Music TV is our new 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week video music channel that's available on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international streaming television network. BMC Radio Music TV plays videos from artists from just about every area of music, you name it. Gospel, jazz, contemporary pop, all of that. The channel also broadcasts full-length concert films, artist interviews, and much, much more. You can access BMC Radio Music TV the same way you access our streaming TV channel, BFTV, by going to the BMC Radio website, again, www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. And you'll see both channels, BFTV and BMC Radio Music Television. Both channels are right there. You can't miss them. And if you're an artist or a musician who wants to feature your music to an international audience, BMC Radio Music TV will put your music on the channel for absolutely free, free, free. And who doesn't love free 99? Amen? Log on today and learn more about how you can be featured on the best video music channel around today. Again, just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV to access BMC Radio Music TV and BFTV, Benevolent Faith Television. We call it BFTVs for short. That shows all type of stuff on there. Also, look out this coming Friday for another BFTV special movie marathon night. Yes, friends, this Friday, February 10th. Yes, I just dated the podcast, but who cares? (laughs) This Friday, we're doing another marathon where we are going to have the world television premiere of the gospel movie Freed, which is a musical interpretation of the gospels. But it's done from a modern perspective with a modern twist. And it's uh, written and produced by my brother, uh, Mr. Greg Kirkland Jr., who has been a guest on this podcast before, we encourage y'all to go back to listen to uh, episode two, excuse me, episode two or three of this podcast um, about praise and worship. Uh, he's a praise and worship. He's one of the best singers and praise and worship leaders in the world. And he created this movie, which actually started out as a stage play that I was honored to be a part of. I'm not part of the movie, but I was definitely part of the stage play. But it's now a movie and we're world premiering it on BFTV this Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern with a replay at midnight Eastern. So y'all go check that out. Go check out BFTV and BMC Radio Music TV today. Amen? But today, y'all, today's show is entitled, You're the Inspiration. And we're discussing the importance of being an encourager to others. And we're using the biblical example of the man known as Barnabas as the benchmark for what it means to be an encouragement to other people. So now we want to cover precisely how we go about being an encouragement to others, how we carry out living our lives as encouragers to everybody we come into contact with. And the first way that we go about doing this, y'all, is by understanding that encouragers bring blessings to others. Encouragers bring blessings to others. Look at our text. Specifically, look at Acts chapter 4, verse 36. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. 
The early church, y'all, nicknamed Joseph Barnabas because, again, it literally means son of encouragement. In fact, the Greek word for encouragement is the word paraclete that is also used of the Holy Spirit. And it literally means one called alongside to help. In other words, Barnabas was the first minister of encouragement in the church. And one of the things that we see about Barnabas that's so encouraging is that he put his money where his mouth was, okay? He wasn't just all talk. He wasn't about mouthpiece, running mouthpiece. He actually was about it, about it. Look at verse 37. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. See, the first church contained a lot of poor people. And many people, uh, excuse me, many times when people would come to Christ, as a result, they'd end up losing their jobs, right? Furthermore, on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, a great revival had broken out in the city and many people who lived in other places who had traveled to um, Jerusalem for the Passover ended up staying because they had come to know the Lord Jesus. But when them staying behind in order to receive instruction and to learn more about the Lord and to be in fellowship with other believers and to grow in the Lord, that means they abandoned wherever they came from. They abandoned their jobs. They abandoned their sources of income wherever they had come from. So their backs were financially against the wall. Well, Barnabas, being the encourager that he was, he took a valuable piece of property, he sold it, and he gave it to the apostles to help meet the needs of the people. Because that's what an encourager does, y'all. See, an encourager sees a need and then says, I will give what I can and I will do what I can to meet that need. But, but hold on, don't get it twisted, y'all. Don't think that you have to have money in order to be an encourager. You may not be rich in money, but every one of us has so much that we can give to others as a gift of encouragement. Think about it. Sick people don't need money. They need a word of concern. They need you to pray over them. They need to hear that someone is concerned about their welfare. Lonely people don't need money. They just need a few minutes of time. They're lonely. All they want is some companionship. Hurting people don't need money. Sometimes they just need a loving touch on the shoulder or a hug. And discouraged people don't need money. They just need a word of hope. Sometimes that's all people need, man. You know, one of the greatest coaches in history was John Wooden, who coached the UCLA Bruins basketball, men's basketball team, to 11 national championships in 13 years. An almost unbelievable feat that has really never been accomplished again. The only one close is uh, the coach... Uh, uh, Gino Arietto, I forget how to pronounce his name, coach of the women's uh, basketball team at uh, UConn. He's the only one that's even remotely close. But John Wooden was so successful because he understood people's needs for encouragement. And he had a special way of making sure that his players applied that to their games. See, he would instruct his players that whenever a basket was scored, the player who scored the basket 
was required to smile, wink, nod, or point to the player who passed him the ball so that he could score. And when Coach Wooden gave these instructions to one of his teams during those 13 years, one of his new players looked at him and was like, but Coach, what if he's not looking when I do that? And Coach Wooden said, trust me, I guarantee you he's going to look. And he was right because everyone is looking for encouragement and affirmation. You see, an encourager is a selfless person. We already got too many selfish people in the world. We need more selfless people. We need more encouragers. And an encourager is always trying to think of how he can bless somebody else or help somebody else or strengthen somebody else. By the way, you see this same trait again in Barnabas over in Antioch. See, Antioch was a very wealthy and magnificent city. In fact, it was the third greatest city of the world at that time after Rome and Alexandria. And it was a very cultured city, but it was also a very wicked city. It was a city filled with idolatry. It was a city full of heathenism. <laughs> you old heathen? <laughs> and it was a city of deep sexual sin. But the Holy Spirit of God began to move in that city. And many Gentiles came to know Christ. And when reports filtered down to Jerusalem, to the church in Jerusalem, about the revival that was going on in Antioch, the apostles decided that they ought to investigate. And who did they choose to go and see what was going on? None other than Barnabas himself. Take a look at Acts chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith and many people were brought to the Lord. Then, if we look just a few chapters later, y'all, in that same city of Antioch, we read in Acts chapter, 12, uh, chapter 14, verse 22, that Paul and Barnabas, quote, strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Barnabas could have easily started feeling himself and thought, you know what? I am a great encourager. In fact, I'm the best encourager these people have ever seen. I'm that dude. I'm top dog around here. But he never did that. Humility prevented him from doing that because humility is a key component of being an encourager. You absolutely cannot encourage others when all of your thoughts revolve around yourself. So what was more important to Barnabas than notoriety or fame was the welfare of the followers of Christ in Antioch. Furthermore, assuming a position of humility allowed Barnabas to put the spotlight on Paul, instead his traveling partner. And that had the effect of helping Paul launch what would eventually become a worldwide ministry, one that we're talking about right now today. So why was Barnabas willing to take second billing to Paul? Why was he willing to be number two? Why was he willing to go behind the curtains and put Paul out on the stage? 
because he was an encourager who only had one desire, and that was to bring blessings to others. Friends, that's a key lesson we should take from this great man in the Bible. Being an encourager means putting others before yourself, which is really something that Jesus already told us to do anyway. Amen? Now, coming up in our last segment, we want to finish up this discussion about being an encourager and how Barnabas is such a great model for us to follow in this respect. And we want to specifically talk about certain roles that encouragers take when it comes to inspiring others. So, Come back and find out what that's all about, y'all, after we return from the break. The Global Church Body Alliance is thrilled to announce the launch of our new website. The website is specially designed to serve as a one-stop biblical resource specifically for our international audience and our sister churches worldwide. Every week, we update the site with the latest sermons, Bible studies and other biblical resources from Benevolent Faith Ministries, Deliver Hope Ministries, The Church Within, and Oasis on the Mount. Basically, the entire roster of sister churches under the GCBA banner. To access the website or for more information on the Global Church Body Alliance, simply go to www.gc-ba.com. That's www.gc-ba.com. We invite our fellow saints from around the world to come fellowship with us and gain access to our library of Bible-based materials designed to help you strengthen your walk with the Lord. Check out the GCBA website today. The future of Christian television is now. The Global Church Body Media Group invites you to check out our 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week television channel known as Benevolent Faith Television or BFTV. BFTV is our very own streaming television channel on the Stream Television Network, which is a 100% online international television network. BFTV broadcasts a variety of both faith-based and some regular programming including original short films, TV shows, music videos, talk shows, and much, much more. Plus, you can have your own show on BFTV for absolutely free. That's right, you heard me. You can broadcast your own television show on BFTV for absolutely no cost to you. We even offer in-house editing and production services. And... Unlike other large streaming platforms, BFTV can be seen outside the Western Hemisphere to reach people groups throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and beyond. Not only that, but BFTV allows every listener to choose the language they want to watch TV in. Just press the languages button on the TV menu and it will give you several different options. So check out BFTV today. You can access it from the same website where you can listen to BMC Radio, our international online radio station. Simply go to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. Again, www.bmcradio.org.uk 
www.youtube.com.uk backslash BFTV and start watching some great faith-based programming right now. BFTV, where the future of Christian television is now. Hey y'all, this is Rev Rob and I am excited to announce our brand new relationship with the mobile app known as Wisdom App, where you have, quote, conversations that matter. Y'all like Wisdom App, what's that? Well, Wisdom App is a new mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most. When you download the app, it allows you to listen in real time and ask questions to experts in almost every area of life, from business and finance to fitness and fashion, from sports-based conversations to faith-based dialogue. So check out Benevolent Faith's new chat platform on Wisdom App called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. We'll drop the topic and you come and speak about it. Download the Wisdom app in the Apple and Android stores today and search for at Rev Rob, at lowercase R-E-V-R-O-B and become part of our growing world community in Christ where everyone is invited to speak on it. Amen. Hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome back to Deeper in the Word, y'all. Listen, please go download that Wisdom app that's available in Apple and Android stores everywhere right now. Wisdom app is the mobile app that gives you access to expert help when you need it most, including every category you can think of. Finances, business, all of that good stuff. And faith-based subject matters, and that's where we come in. So check out Benevolent Faith's chat platform on the Wisdom app called Speak On It, the Believer's Q&A, where we welcome you to ask questions directly about things related to the Bible and faith in Christ. We'll drop the topic, and you come and speak about it. In fact, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll find a post where you can ask me questions directly, and I'll answer them live on the app. Just when you get to the Wisdom app, search for at Rev Rob, that's the at sign R-E-V-R-O-B, and you can become a part of our growing world community in Christ where everybody's invited to speak on it. Amen? Also, y'all please go check out that brand new Global Church Body Alliance website. Yes, y'all, the GCBA is thrilled to announce the launch of our new website that is specifically designed as a one-stop biblical resource for our international audience and our sister churches worldwide. We realize that y'all can't come out on Tuesday night sometimes, okay? Because it's late, it's Tuesday at 7 p.m. And if you can come out, great. But for most people on the other sides of the world, that's like two or three in the morning, man. They can't not about to get up and go to church at that time. And we understand that. So you can always check out replays and all other sermons and Bible studies and everything else, devotionals. You can find all that stuff on the Global Church Body Alliance or GCBA website. To access the website or for more information on the GCBA, simply go to www.gc-ba.com. Again, www.gc-ba.com. We invite our fellow saints from around the world to come fellowship with us and gain access to our library of Bible-based materials designed to help you strengthen your walk with Christ. Check out the GCA GCBA website today. Amen. But today, y'all, 
Today's show is entitled, You're the Inspiration. And we're talking about the importance of being an encourager to others. And we're using the biblical example of the man known as Barnabas as the benchmark for what it means to be an encouragement to others because truly, he was an inspiration to the members of the early church. And in our previous segments, we went over my love for singing (laughs) and Yacht Rock, and we started to delve into Barnabas' story and the precise ways that he was considered an encourager. And so far, y'all, we've discussed how being an encourager means that you bring blessings to others. Next, let's look at how being an encourager means that you break barriers for others. Being an encourager means that you break barriers for others. And for this, look at the text of Acts chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. Acts 9, 26 and 27. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. And remember, Saul was Paul, the Apostle Paul's name before he converted to Christ, before he converted to uh, the way as it was known back then. But Paul had met Jesus on the Damascus road. And it had been three years since he had been saved. He had basically gone underground to grow in the Lord and to let the Lord continue this new work in his life. Because remember, he was persecuting and killing Christians before Jesus stopped him on the road to Damascus. Matter of fact, he was on his way to Damascus to persecute more Christians when Christ confronted him. And that's when his life changed. But now, here he is back in Jerusalem. And what's even worse is that people remembered him from before. They remembered the Saul who was killing and persecuting Christians. And now here's Barnabas bringing them back saying, hey, he's a believer. Welcome him in. Let's welcome him into the brotherhood. Word got out pretty quickly that him as public enemy number one was now back in Jerusalem. So people were rightfully fearful because at that time, the church still considered Saul of Tarsus the most dangerous man in the world. Nobody would speak to him. They didn't know he was the Apostle Paul yet. He was still Saul of Tarsus doing people dirty, okay? In Jerusalem, he was the most hated and the most feared man in all of Israel. And the idea here in this text, Acts 9, 26 to 27, is that Barnabas took him under his wing. And the Greek language that the text gives us here in Acts 9, 26, 27, indicates that Paul tried time after time after time, Cindy Lauper style, time after time, he kept trying to get into the church and to win the acceptance of his brothers. But they had put a barrier up. They had built up a wall that Paul couldn't penetrate because they remembered how he used to be and how he used to persecute, excuse me, persecute them. So everybody else, except for Barnabas, shut the door to him. James, the brother of Jesus, he didn't want anything to do with Saul. Peter, who had basically had the keys to the kingdom, he kept that door locked to Saul. 
John, who was the apostle of love, said, I love everybody except for Saul. And Andrew, who loved normally to introduce people to Jesus, when it came to Saul, he was like, forget it. I wish I would. All of the apostles rejected Saul. But note verse 27 again, Acts 9 verse 27. Despite this rejection by others, Barnabas comes to Paul's rescue. Yes, Mr. Minister of Encouragement himself. He came to his rescue and was like, look, y'all, Paul been witnessing for Christ. You should see how he was witnessing for the Lord in Damascus. He brought many people to the Lord. And so they're looking at Barnabas like, really? Word? Friends, that is always the mark of a real encourager. He will champion the underdog. He will demonstrate a willingness to jump on the bandwagon when everybody else is trying to break their leg, jumping off of it. Notice from verse 27 how he did it. How are you going to do it? Notice how he did it. It says that Barnabas, quote, brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. See that? All he did was co-sign for Paul. His co-sign was important because they knew who Barnabas was. So it's like, well, dang, if Barnabas co-signs him, maybe he's okay. But notice what he did in the co-sign. Never once did Barnabas bring up Paul's past. Never once did he allude to Paul's prior mistakes or missteps. Like he never said, look, y'all, I know he was a murderer. I know he was a blasphemer. I know he destroyed the church. I know he put many of you in prison and had many of your relatives killed. He never said any of that. He didn't have any qualifiers for why they should accept Paul. No, Barnabas was an encourager. And encouragers don't look to the past. They look to the future. Barnabas didn't look at what Paul had done. He looked at what Paul could do. He said, in effect, don't look at the man for what he was. Look at the man for what he is now. What's my point? Saints of God, if we're not careful, we can attempt to encourage people but we can do it in such a way that we wind, up, we wind up actually discouraging people. Because think about it. Oftentimes, whenever you hear somebody putting themselves down, it's usually them in a roundabout way asking you to help build them back up. Sometimes we just don't pick up on it. That's why being an encourager should be the hallmark of every follower of Christ. When people come to church, they ought to find bridges going up and barriers coming down. Because ain't that what Barnabas did? There were barriers between the apostles and the believers in Jerusalem and Saul because of his past. Paul tore, I mean, uh, Barnabas tore those walls down, those barriers down, and instead built a bridge where Paul could be embraced by them. We ought to tear down bridges, y'all, tear down barriers, y'all, and build more bridges, y'all. We need to tear down the barrier of racism and build up the bridge of acceptance. We need to tear down the barrier of prejudice and build up the bridge of love because that is what an encourager does. So 
Encouragers bring blessings to others and they break barriers for others. Lastly, y'all, encouragers build bridges for others. We just talked about it. But that's not even an incident that we're going to point to when we talk about building bridges for others. We saw that he did that for Saul. But check this out. Look at Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41. Acts 15, verses 36 to 41, y'all. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled through throughout Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches there. So in this text, y'all, we read how there was a strong disagreement between Paul and Barnabas concerning a young man named John Mark. What had happened was, what had happened, but what had happened was they had gone on a missionary journey and for some reason, Mark had gotten discouraged. Maybe he got homesick or whatever. But whatever the reason was, he quit and went back home. And that rubbed Paul the wrong way. So because of that, Paul basically washed his hands of John Mark and said, oh, he's finished. I'm done with him. I don't even want to rock with him no more. Well, as an encourager, Barnabas wasn't built like that because he didn't focus on Mark's problems. He focused on Mark's potential. And there's a big difference between those two. And that's what encouragers do, y'all. Encouragers see potential where other people see problems. Barnabas believed in Mark so much that he parted ways with Paul in order to take Mark with him. Barnabas wouldn't quit on Paul and, or wouldn't quit on Mark, I should say. And yet Paul was ready to quit on Mark and had already quit on Mark. You know, too many times in this life, y'all, people suffer from what is known as the Charlie Brown complex. The Charlie Brown complex. Y'all know who Charlie Brown is, right? Good grief. You know, the Peanuts gang, Snoopy, Linus with the blanket, Woodstock the bird, Schroeder playing the piano, yada, yada, yada. Y'all know all about that, right? Pig pen, all that. Well, if you know of Charlie Brown, then you know that Charlie Brown could never do anything right. But if you've read the Peanuts long enough, then you begin to notice that one of Charlie Brown's biggest problems was the fact that Lucy, Linus's older sister, was always around to make sure that Charlie Brown couldn't do anything right and then to constantly remind him of when he didn't do stuff right. Like think of how she would always pull the football away when he was getting ready to kick it. As well as many other times where she would berate him for doing things wrong and call him a blockhead. You blockhead. That was almost her favorite phrase to say to Charlie Brown. Have you ever known a Lucy in your life or possibly you might even have had a Lucy around you or in your family? I think we all have at some point. In our text, 
Do you know what John Mark needed? He didn't need a Lucy. He needed a bridge builder. He needed a word of encouragement. He just needed somebody to believe in him. One encouraging word spoken at the right moment, at the right time, for the right person, transformed a young man's life. Because that is exactly what encouragement does, y'all. Just think about what could have happened, for instance, if Barnabas had not encouraged Saul of Tarsus. If he had not helped the apostles and the other believers in Jerusalem tear down that wall, tear down that barrier, and build a bridge to them actually accepting Paul. If he had just walked away from Paul like everybody else. Do you realize that from a human perspective, we would not have 13 of the books in the New Testament today if that would have happened? Well, 14 if you think Paul wrote Hebrews, okay? But do you realize that the church might have lost its greatest preacher and missionary in the Apostle Paul if Barnabas had not co-signed for him as an encourager? And then look at John Mark. For those who may not know, the John Mark that Barnabas took with him, the John Mark that Paul rejected and said, I don't want to have nothing to do with him, with him anymore. He's canceled to me. That just so happens to be the same Mark that wrote the gospel of Mark. So it's highly possible that if Barnabas had quit on Mark like Paul did, maybe we never would have gotten the gospel of Mark in the Bible. If Barnabas had given up on Mark like Paul did, he might never have become the man who Paul eventually reconciled with at the end of his life. He even started co-signing Mark again himself. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Paul says, bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. See that? Barnabas never gave up on, on Mark, John Mark. And because he didn't, eventually, Paul brought him back into the fold as well. That's what encouragers do. Their cosign means a lot to other people and makes a big difference. Amen? You know, to close our show today, y'all, and to demonstrate the power of encouragement, I want to tell a very famous but also very true story. This is a true story. There once was a boy <laughs> whose dad died when he was five years old. This boy dropped out of school after the sixth grade. By the time he was 17, he had lost job after job after job. He got married at 18, he had a baby at 19, and he was separated from his wife by the, by the age of 20. After that, his life got progressively worse. He became a railroad conductor, but he got fired. He joined the army, but he got washed out, he got kicked out. He became a farmer and he lost all his money. He applied to law school, but he got turned down. Then he became an insurance salesman. He couldn't give away insurance. Finally, he became a dishwasher and a cook in a small little two-bit restaurant. One thing he was able to do in his life was to finally persuade his wife to come back to him. And together, they made a living cooking and washing dishes in this little restaurant. Well, at the age of 65 years old, this man finally retired. And he went to the mailbox and he got his first social security check, which was for a grand total 
of $105. And this 65-year-old man was so discouraged by that that he decided to commit suicide. So he went and found a shade tree and sat under it and wrote out his last will and testament, determined to end his life. Well, somehow his wife found out about his scheme to kill himself and she confronted him. And she said, let me tell you one thing that I believe that you can do better than anybody else I've ever known. He said, what's that? She said, you can cook. He said, do you really think so? She said, yes, you're a fabulous cook. Well, that gave him an idea. He went down to a local bank and he borrowed $87 against his social security check. And then he went to the supermarket and he brought some chicken and some boxes and he fried the chicken up with a special recipe that he had developed on his own. And he put the chicken in boxes and began going door to door in Corbin, Kentucky, selling his chicken. And the chicken became so popular that he came up with the idea to try to sell it to restaurants. Well, guess what? He was turned down 1,014 different times before a man named John Y. Brown tasted his chicken and said, this is good, I'll go into business with you. As you can probably guess by now, that man's name was Colonel Harlan Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Yes, that Colonel Sanders, the founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. One of the largest, if not the largest, chicken chains in the world. So what made all the difference for him? A simple word of encouragement from his wife. He went from getting ready to kill himself to his wife telling him, you're a great cook, you can do this. And we all see what happened as a result. Saints of God, if you want to get your Johnny Gill on and rub people the right way, <laughs> you want to rub people the right way, here's the key. We just went over three of them. One, be a blessing to others. Two, break barriers for others. And three, build bridges for others. That, my friends, is how you can be an encourager. And quite honestly, the most amazing thing is that you'll find that you will often be encouraged yourself in the process. So give it a try. Be an encouragement to somebody today because you just may hear somebody tell you, hey, you're the inspiration. Amen. Hey, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe and listen to us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Overcast, on Apple Podcasts and the iTunes Store, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, and on BMC Radio and BMC Radio On Demand. Also, don't forget, you can find us on the web at benevolentfaithministries.org. Log on now and learn more about our giving partnerships and how you can be the church without the need for any building. And don't forget to tune in to BFTV, y'all, where we're changing the face of Christian television. And don't forget, this Friday, another movie marathon in the world premiere of Freed, a gospel movie by Greg Kirkman Jr. Just go to www.bmcradio.org.uk backslash BFTV. And don't forget, log on this and every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time for our online church services. Just go to benevolentfaithministries.online.church 
Create a screen nickname so you can chat along with us during the service. Amen. Hey, we'll catch y'all next time. Holla.